0: what's going on everybody welcome into another five minutes with sean maybe 10 i know we've been on quite the guest run lately um and this was not supposed to happen today your regularly scheduled programming was supposed to be me sitting here by myself talking to you about some fun topic well That shit's going to have to wait till next week because we had a hot, hot item come up this week on LinkedIn, uh, my social media of preference, obviously. And so uh, I am joined by Brian and Sandy. Gentlemen, how are you today?
1: Fantastic. How you
0: doing, BK? You guys, are, yeah. you guys are doing wonderful, and uh, you're going to be doing wonderful after you listen to what we're talking about. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Brian recently uh, listed an article about a struggle a uh, consumer had buying a vehicle online from Carvana. And so, and while it may be Carvana, it's really not the point of our story here today. point of the story is that these pitfalls can happen to anyone adopting a digital retail lifestyle. And it's not just technology, as Brian talks about a little bit in our pre-show. Technology is literally the tip of the digital iceberg uh, as it relates to that. So I'm going to let Brian sort of open it up with his article. Brian, talk to me a little bit about how you stumbled on the article and why you felt it necessary to bring it forward. And by the way, I think that was one of the longest write-ups I've ever seen from you on an article. Uh, I, really <laughs> dug, I, I really dug that, man. So keep it up But tell us about how we got there.
1: So I can't take the credit for it. Jared Kilway, our uh, chief digital guy, actually forwarded it to me and said, "This is why uh, every piece of of the puzzle is so important." And he and I always go round and round, and uh, you know, he challenges me, and I challenge him, and he's a great partner, you know, in that, uh, along with Wendell Hardy, and actually the whole management team. But he's the one who brought it to my attention, and I'm I'm looking at it, and he he was saying talking about the breakdowns in the process because your initial reaction to that is here's Carvana look at first they had the situation in South Carolina with the tag and title now they've got this situation it's just a flash in the pan it's just a matter before they implode and here they go but when you really sit there and unpack what 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 is going on with that deal and you start looking at the blockchain aspect of their process uh, workflow it's very clear to me because I've experienced you know similar things with odometer discrepancies and People seeing a car online and then showing up here and it's not, and no different than Walmart says with their fulfillment rate, uh, you know, online, that's going to be the biggest struggle over the next 10 years. Once everybody goes through digital transformation, then it's about stocking. Does your, does your online shelf reflect what your in-store shelf looks like? And with Instacart and all these other grocery stores, I said, it's getting harder and harder with produce and, and dairy and all these other things. Cars are just the next thing. They're, they they do not have home net. They don't have the vendors we have, right? So they're building everything from the inside out, Carvana. So for them to be able to show what's online and their, whatever their DMS is, whatever their home net type uh, thing is, do they, does it upgrade every 24 hours, every 15 minutes, every hour? You know, like in our case, we learned the hard way that, you know, our website provider would update what based on our V auto feed. So V auto, you know, we don't, we don't use HomeNet; we just go straight to V auto. Okay. But that was only open up, you know, at two o'clock in the morning. So if we sold a car at two o'clock in the afternoon, customer in Orlando sees it, they drive down that night to buy the car. It was sold that morning. They get pretty upset when you can't do what you said you're gonna do. And that I think is gonna be in the next five years, the new bait and switch. Does your online inventory reflect that? Does your online process reflect, you know, like you always say, it, are, if the, the process is the same. If you have an online process, a remote process, a virtual process, if somebody wants a value for their trade, it's the same process. It's like in Zoolander, right? It's like the same look. So <laughs> there is no there is no difference. But however you handle all of those things, regardless of the channel and omni-channel, it's about how you execute it. And clearly, what happened in that article is that young lady requested something. She was under a, a you know an impression of how they're going to handle it. it. Looks like they didn't respond to her quickly enough, because they have so much AI and they've overcorrected to the other side that. They they forgot the human element. and I think that's the most important takeaway from this is that if people there's two there's two issues with the human uh, interaction in digital a it's the highest in in our store probably every organization it's it's the most likelihood of errors and and frequency of things that can go wrong right that was obviously a human error somebody bypassed something overrode something because I promise you they got a workflow that prevents that from happening and somebody. You know, for somebody else, try to take care of them and go outside of the process and bypass it or find a workaround, which is what happens here. And they think they're helping somebody, but they end up hurting somebody else, and that was that young lady. And that's that's the first thing. The second thing is is that you can't you you can't forget about the human interaction and the emotional connection of just calling somebody back and responding to them. Even if you don't have good news or you don't have something to tell them, you just have to own it. And and I gotta tell you that you know, with all this stuff, and it's only gonna get like you're saying, the technology, this is just the tip of the spear. When people, you know, get a vendor to get a, a bolt on or they get some widget or some DR tool, that is not at all just, okay, that's problem solved. Now we're doing digital retailing. That's the, you know, you, it's not like you planted it on the summit. That's just the beginning. You're at base camp and there's so much more to go and then to come back down. It's, uh, it's a huge undertaking and it's not for the faint of heart.
0: Yeah. And so Brian, there's two things really fast there. Two things. One, you used, you, you gave me an A and a B, right? An example of what, what's going wrong. Both of them had the word human in it. Whether it was human error or human interaction, the point remains, humans are still in a large part of a process. Okay. And whether, whether someone did overstep or someone, you know, didn't pay attention, you know, the overcorrection, obviously on AI, I think these are the things that can happen with a lot of that stuff because Maybe humans aren't paying as much attention because why do it if someone else is going to do it for you type attitude, um, which, which I really like. And secondly, I'll say this, and then we're going to get into Sandy's version of, of kind of what he knows and has seen of it, um, is that when, when we talk about digital retail and putting the widget on the site, Brian, as the first thing, dude, I got to tell you, more and more, I think it should be like one of the last things you do right? Like culturally speaking, your store should be, you should have managers doing appraisals by phone, getting numbers by phone, because if you can't get yourself past the phone, you have zero chance of letting someone pencil a deal start to finish. I so, completely you know, agree. I think that's the next sort of evolution is this like, don't get a tool, get a, get, a, get a culture of DR, get a culture of remote retail, which is, again, as I've always said, that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about digital retail because ultimately this woman didn't just go through and buy a car online. She had to deal with humans along the way that, that made it things worse in some cases because it's it's a, it's, a, it's a call center. It's not a dealership. Brian, if I had a problem with the purchase of your car, I wouldn't end up at a call center, dude. I wouldn't. Right. I'd end up on your desk more than likely. And if that's the case, you're the human who's going to make it right. They don't have those humans. Those are just vending machines, folks, just so we're clear. They're not manned by people penciling car deals who have a clue as to how to make things right for you. So... I, I'm a big part of that. So Sandy, Sandy jumps on right. Sandy's like Brian. Let's you know next time I'm in Florida, let's talk about this. I don't want to wait for Florida because I don't know when I'm going to be there. So I want to hear it now. <laughs> I want everyone else to hear it. So Sandy, talk to us about your. I think it's like a real life Carvana experience that Sandy himself has gone through. Sandy, tell us about it, buddy.
2: Well, yeah. Before we get to that, show, I just want to. Uh, I, I want to dovetail what Brian was talking about. I think, you know, to to properly put. The article in context, the way that I read it, and I think the way Brian interpreted it and perfectly articulated it, was that we had a typical or or a not too crazy automobile dealer problem uh, that can occur regardless of whether it's an AI or it's a um, uh, an online retailing issue that was not going to be solved by AI. It needed to be solved by human intervention. And that is where uh, Carvana does have an Achilles heel. And I have to say this to you, i did have a personal experience and i think i share with you uh, you know backstage uh, if you will that the reason that i ended up doing a deal from stem to stern with carvana was was manifold first of all i had a client that asked me uh to do that uh and that that they would work with me on it so they can gather the intel and i quite honestly once once that was suggested to me said wow that is a great idea let's do that and so i went literally from the shopping experience all the way through to delivery. And I'll give you the, the good, the bad, and the ugly and everything in between. And BK, please chime in at any time because the one thing I wanna give Brian Kramer the nod on is that he thinks about the uh, CX piece of, um, of digital retailing like nobody else out there. I was blown away when I went down to visit with Brian a couple of months ago uh, down in, in, um, in Naples and saw the way that they had process mapped the, um, I would say the, the interweaving of the customer experience between offline, online, and how he's able to actually seamlessly go back and forth between online and offline. And I think that he deserves uh, a ton of credit along with his team uh, down there. So that said, um, I will tell you that the experience that I had with Carvana was really interesting. Was shopping for a vehicle and uh, had something very specific in mind. Uh, And so as I shopped, I found a vehicle that fit virtually perfectly what we were looking for and so made the commitment um, did the entire you know spin the vehicle around inside outside their their virtual tools are outstanding Um, the AI is outstanding from that perspective I can look at multiple different uh, photos I can look at it from any different angle that I want to and I found the perfect vehicle Danny, hold on,
0: sorry, I'm going to stop you because I want to ask you something. So with the idea of the virtual photos and that sort of interaction, is that something you see? Because I know you're all over, you know, you have automotive clients, that's your life, that's all of our lives. Are you seeing anything similar out there in the dealership world or is there is there something very specific about their photo setup that is not duplicatable, right? Which is not a word, but well, is it something that's impossible for others to do or is it just the way that they set it up that makes it clean and looks easy, but anyone can do it?
2: Great question, the answer is yes and no. Um, there are some tools in the marketplace right now that, that are, are akin to what they offer. The thing that I think is is probably most appreciated is they're pointing out blemishes, imperfections, et cetera on the vehicle and give you a very simple way to have an interactive experience to see exactly what those are. Uh, so there's really no, no mystery in terms of what the condition of the vehicle is by the time it arrives at your front door. Now that said, um, The one piece to that experience that I did not anticipate and wasn't really thinking about was I saw that this was a coming soon vehicle. Now, Brian, you've studied Carvana and you know that the coming soon piece, well, only 50% of the coming soon was true in this instance. It was coming, it just didn't come soon. We waited almost 50 days for that vehicle, I'm sorry, to actually make a decision to switch to another vehicle because i will tell you we had countless phone calls myself and my wife back and forth with carvana and i actually had a screenshot that i saved i'm not going to show it to you here but i will tell you that the one screenshot that i saved was an hour and 15 minutes and that was about the norm uh when i wanted to actually speak to somebody there were multiple times that i had to actually hang up because i had to get on with life uh you know throughout the course of that which you'll
1: see on all their consumer reviews deal and i'm going to tag on to this at the end yeah. because i'm very passionate about exactly where you're going yep. because in order to live up on all those brand promises it's a ripple effect throughout what you're probably about to go into
2: oh, yeah you're but,
0: absolutely right but we also we also kind of let this thing off with this before we talk about the idea of the new the new bait and switch right because ultimately that's where i'm feeling right now as danny tells his story i'm thinking to myself this is not going to go the way he envisioned it to go. It's, it's coming soon. It's this, it's that. It just seems like a very, you know, I don't know. It, it, seems, it seems like a little bit of a shady way to go about it. All right, Sandy, continue well, sure, forward. I,
2: tell you, it's, I, I, won't, I don't know that I'll go shady, but here's what I'll say. It was wildly disappointing. But here, I had time on my side. I did not need the vehicle right that second. You follow me? So I was willing to play the game. I really wanted to play it out and see how it, it was actually resolved. The truth of the matter is, is that coming soon vehicle never showed up, not at my front door. And that issue was never resolved. And it took multiple different phone calls, hours on the telephone. The times that I did speak with people, I was given hollow promises that somebody would follow up and give me a call the following day. That times like this, uh, things like this happened from time to time because of the reconditioning and where vehicles were being shipped in from to the central reconditioning centers, et cetera. I heard every story under the sun. And the most disappointing piece was I never, ever got the follow-up phone calls that were promised. So to Brian's point, that human interaction, the human element of what we're talking about with the customer experience is critical. And that's one thing that AI will never, ever, ever be able to deliver. AI can solve problems only to a certain point, uh, to human satisfaction. Does that make sense? Agreed. And I now, think. Say-
0: and so oh, go ahead, Brian, because I want to hear to your point with the idea that, hey, the human is the part of it, you know, and this, Sandy, I dealt with something similar with my cell phone provider, where you call in, and it's, you know, I I don't don't have two hours, so if we're in a 40-minute wait time, you know, that's one thing, I got the same thing, hollow promises, no one's going to call you back, no, and and you're left with nothing, you're left with no other way to go, because there's no showroom to show up to, and start yelling at people, or having a a conversation with it, Brian, what you you were going to say something when Sandy started about his direction here with the flow and the sort of interweaving? How, how do you view that on your end, man?
1: Before I ask him that question, did it did it halt or stall your transaction on the cell phone? What the reason? The reason I asked this is because of, of this. I just I, I went through the same thing on a refrigerator and a range, yeah. right? And there was a certain brand that I wanted to get, and I'm going back and forth, and I tried submitting a lead to the local uh, appliance store. That's a you know, it's a local brand right down the street. Great customer service. When I went in there in person, they have no online presence. It just has auto responders. Somebody be in touch with you shortly. And I'm like, look, I just want to transact. But I, could, I was able to get something out of AJ Madison, New Jersey, easier than I could, a block down the road. So I just decided I'm not going to transact. And it wasn't that I was going to go buy from a competitor. I'm just like, you know what? This is just brain damage. It's not worth it. Same thing I just went through with the generator. I go, it's taking me three days going back and forth. These guys not giving me a price. And I just want, I, I'm not even trying to, I'm just want to give up at this point. So um, they called me up from Generac and they said, Hey, did, did you know, how was your experience with the thing? I said, I'm just out of the market. Oh, what did you end up buying? I'm not buying anything. I've already wasted three days. That's the worst. I'm going to be out of power, you know, the worst case scenario with a hurricane. And that's what I wanted it for. You've already sucked three days out of my life of all this BS going back and forth. Yeah, no. So I don't need the generator because it's more, you know, friction dealing with you to buy one than what I would deal with the friction of uh, a portable generator in the event of a hurricane. So I'm good. I'll just get a hotel somewhere and get the hell out of here.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't wanna deal with you guys anymore. So now I'm just not in the market. And I see that a lot of people that are looking at cars when they, when they start this digital uh, journey, when they realize that it's not what they thought it was, they don't, I don't see them on my lost sale report. They just go ice and they're like, oh, you know, hey, it's just too much. And they just disengage and they don't buy anything. That's why the average car on the road is 12 years old. They're saying that it would be six years old on Carvana's shareholders report or less than that if it was easier. But they ask you the question, Sandy, why do you think that because I've got a pretty good guesstimate as to why that vehicle never became available?
2: Why do I think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that they they bought a vehicle that probably had an issue with it that they could not resolve on the reconditioning side. And so that vehicle just never made it to the point where it was available for me to purchase, it's that simple. I mean, I had asked multiple times, I had two or three phone calls where I actually did speak to somebody. I will say they're very polite, very apologetic um, and they were empathetic. And that's the piece that AI can't deliver. And this point I wanted to make is humans have a innate, most humans have an innate ability to empathize with somebody that's in a, a particular situation uh, AI can never do that, right? And so if I had to deal with AI throughout that entire experience and never be able to get somebody on the phone, to, to Brian's point, I would have abandoned the purchase of the process uh, at that point in time and said, listen, nobody gives uh, two shakes of a tail about whether or not I'm having a good experience or not, I'm out. And I, I just want to take myself out of the market.
0: I mean, uh, and that seems fair for what you're going to spend on a car. And it seems fair for what Brian would spend on a generator. And for, you know what I mean? Like, th- that seems fair to remove yourself from the market um because it, it, it's not there sandy was there any point where you were going to do that
2: no and Sean, sure, i'm glad you asked my question because i was <laughs> uh chapter nine of the book thinking grow rich is called persistence and i was going to persist my th- way through to the end because i wanted to have that 360 degree perspective of what the experience was like with Carvana. so i will tell you what i did uh do in the last phone call that i had a human being on the other end of the phone i said let me ask you guys a question. You've wasted now almost 50 days of my time, hours upon hours on the phone. I'm just curious, what were you, What are you willing to do for me, goodwill-wise, uh, to make this a better experience? What do you think the answer I got was?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with less than a thousand dollars of whatever. Well, I don't know if it's credits. I don't know what it would be, but I'm gonna go with less than a thousand.
2: Okay, I'm
1: gonna You're go right. with zero, and they're gonna say that our goal is to make it a frictionless experience, and that's our and that's our end goal, and we try to do that every day. Some go, some bud. textbook, you know, word track. Zero.
0: That's it. That's all you got. Fifty zero. days, zero. And, and Sandy, you probably don't work for twelve dollars an hour. So if we're gonna take <laughs> make hourly, and we're gonna multiply that by the time spent, it looks like someone probably owes you a check for a couple thousand dollars of time spent and wasted. Yeah. That again. That again, Brian could not do. He could not answer right. a customer in that way at his dealership in Naples, Florida today at all. He it would, he would, His business would be shot. The reviews would be everywhere. And for some reason, their negative reviews don't matter as much as Brian's do. And that's just, I just don't get that. I don't get why the humans take a bigger hit than the computer does when it comes to shitty service.
2: Well, you, well they have
1: plenty right. of them, but they push them down. And they're very good at
2: it. Bingo. Yeah. Well, well, they're very good at it. But because here's the deal, I don't want to. I don't want to say that my experience was necessarily the norm, right? Because I will say I've heard people that have had good experience on Carvana. The fact of the matter is, though, you just hit a key point. You said that Brian couldn't do that and get away with it. My answer is Brian wouldn't do that, nor would his team. I there's a big difference between couldn't and wouldn't in this circumstance, and that is, I think, the the thing that we can hang our hats on as retail automobile dealers, where we've got that human uh, capacity on the CX piece to deliver the kind of experience that a, a digital retailer that's purely online and relying or over-relying on AI can never deliver. But fair point, Brian?
1: The, absolutely, Sam. And, and you and I you know, spitball back and forth on this. But we're both under the under the impression the customer should never have to pay for our inefficiencies, Bingo. regardless of what's happening. Which which it happens as you're going through this transformational journey. None of us are perfect, and we're far from it. And, and Carvana does a lot of things really well, but if it's if it's an error on our side, I'll give you an example. Here recently we had a uh, a sight unseen appraisal where it went into the the system. It, the market changed, you know, within the time frame that we said, and the market on that particular vehicle dropped two grand. Well, we're not going to give that to them, but it says it's good for seven days, right? right? And that's part of the reason why Carvana doesn't, the other reason why they don't get these trades processed or it says sale pending because they don't have the other deal approved yet or they don't have the stips and it's still hanging. It hangs out there forever. And then they end up not getting hung. And that's how that car disappears from the market.
2: Well, but that's they, a great they point. Just, it was one of the other things I thought about BK was did they have a title issue with it? You know, and so, you know, it,
1: that's the end, their number they, one point of friction.
2: Yeah, right now it is. And well, by the way, they, they're not alone. Yeah. Clearly North Carolina, that's a
0: problem for him too. Um, but, but when you, but Brian, when you look at that, when you, when you talk about the, the, the finance the deal getting hung in that article, that woman basically says she was given the the bank was I think given the wrong information or the wrong car. And it happened to wrong be you know, their bank, and if you will, their partner bank, um, which again, it, it doesn't lend its hand to clarity, right? When all of a sudden these sort of things happen. And I mean, to unwind a car deal that's already been to the bank and vind up. Oh, oh boy. I mean, that, in the, the article made it sound like her first phone call. Someone was like, ah, oh, no problem. We'll just send you a different car and everything will be fine. It was like, no way. That's so much work to go through and headache of people, Brian, in your journey, as we call it here to, to into, into the remote retail world of selling a car anywhere at any time for any reason, these issues of title, or these issues of bank financing are they greater of an issue than vehicle availability, or or how would you sort of weigh those those situations?
1: I would. That's a really good question. I would say that they're both, and it, and it depends on the state. And every single time, and we're and we've got like an internal knowledge drive that we're tracking all this stuff on as everything changes. But you know, I'll give you a, a couple examples you know in florida it's very easy to do everything electronically in massachusetts it's not and i didn't understand until i called a friend of mine that's up there and i said hey state of massachusetts is saying they got to wait you know three to seven days to take delivery because they could only have insurance bound on it oh yeah that's just standard practice i'd never heard. i mean that sounds you know absolutely crazy to me <laughs> yeah. that then new hampshire comment
2: brian you yeah. know where i'm going with new, that Brian?
1: yeah <laughs> new york new york cook county in chicago And there's all this craziness. And then, if you know, Arkansas, Mississippi, and West Virginia, you got to pay double sales tax. If you live there and you buy a car out of state, you got to pay that tax and this tax. And I guess coming up with like a big Rosetta Stone or some kind of uh, T-square that you can sit there and say, does this align with this? I mean, it it is a brutally painful deal. And I know uh, Bernie Marino is working on block, his champ title, blockchain car titles, but I mean, he's running for Senate, you know, to, to help you know detangle all of this mess because the the that you know automotive news called me recently and they said what do you think the number one issue is with digital retail it's inhibiting dealers from moving forward and they didn't seem too excited about it i said i think the number one obstacle period by a long shot is the tag and title complexity from state to state you don't have that kind of stuff in europe and that alone would decentralize this entire situation i mean it's i can tell you you know i've had not like that Carvana story, but I've had all kinds of horror stories of two, three temp tags and COVID shutdown and this county. No, we're but this county's open, and you know Colorado has this rule, and every single different municipality has all these different rules, and they change. And depending on which DMV you call, and, and it, it's a, a you know a business opportunity, I guess, but it's also it it, it can make your stomach turn. With the amount of costs and i've paid tens of thousands of dollars in errors by trying this different things and touching this electric fence and i'm okay with that and it's and it's the cost of innovation and, and i wouldn't have it any other way but now we at least know a process okay that didn't work let's do this and rewrite this with carvana what the, the trick you know the or the or the challenge that they're running into which we're all going to run into at some point is they have a seven day return policy so they can't begin their process until the eighth day Because if it's within that seven days, they can't already have the car titled, then it causes a whole other wormhole of of mess. And if it's e-contracted, e-funded, now you gotta do a you know flat cancel and
0: it's just crazy. Right. So you got cars driving around that are that are that aren't titled for at least for right, like you're saying for like six days. You're driving around with a car that isn't actually technically yours by all purposes that you have. Obviously, that can be a little bit weird and concerning. Um, the biggest problem I think with digital retail reason dealers aren't behind it is because it still isn't a big enough driver <clears throat> from the from the consumer side. I know a lot Brian, I know you do a lot of it, a lot of people are there, but digital retail is still something that consumers on new cars and, and still they still want to be in showrooms, they still want a part of that. You've talked about it before. So, uh, I, I'm so glad How
1: you many did people wanted it? W- knew they wanted an iPhone when they had a BlackBerry before they knew what it was?
0: And what TikTok. we're seeing
1: is is an upward trend, right? So we're seeing right. It, it was 6% two years ago. Now it's 11% of credit applications completed online. And then now it's 26%. And we see that with everything, depending on if somebody's buying another car and they've already gone through that experience, the comfort of all of this and familiarity is increasing slowly but surely.
0: And the GA tags another reason. tracking it all. Well, that's another reason we've got to be better with the process because at the end of the day, it's going to be about expectation, right? Is if you don't have expectation, it doesn't matter the cost of anything to me, it's how I feel is if someone sets proper expectation for me that I agree to the price, as long as the follow through happens, then the price is validated. But the second, the absolute second that, that, that I no longer feel value, you might as well, you might as well cancel it because I'm not going to be able to get past that. Very few people can overcome when I feel like I've lost value. In in a deal, and to your point, or I probably trust. just yeah, yeah trust, trust so value
2: nail in the head. and yeah. it's it's trust. Period. End of story. Uh, and it's no different in in the um, traditional retail model than it is digitally online. It is. It's the just digital one, trust. It's the number one ingredient for a great relationship long term. Uh, and I have to say this. I just want a quick aside. Is that you know outside of that portion of the CX uh, with with Carvana um when things did get right and we selected another vehicle now i tell you there was disappointment there as well because i had to take a vehicle that was a year older with a little bit more mileage on it a little bit of a discount but not a discount that i felt was commensurate with um what we were getting but from that point forward the experience was absolutely seamless um and and all the way up until delivery so i want to go through that real quickly sean if i could yes i financed a small portion online because i wanted to see what that experience was like as well seamless painless quick and easy and answer immediately um all the documentation completed online at that moment in time i didn't have to wait an additional day or two for that to be loaded up and sent to me um once that was done we scheduled delivery they brought the vehicle to us Uh, when the vehicle was delivered, I had the opportunity to inspect the vehicle. They did a quasi-touchless. I mean, BK knows. (laughs) I don't worry about the touchless piece of it too much, but they did deliver a a virtual touchless uh, delivery. Um, And here's the cool thing, right? This is one thing I want to give them props for, and especially the young lady that delivered the vehicle by flatbed. It showed up, and only one of the two keys was operational. She immediately, on a tablet, put in a uh, uh, an, an, a work order for a replacement key. Uh, they partnered with car keys express. And she said, you'll have a key within the first week to 10 days of of um, actually uh, the seven day, you know, guarantee period, uh, which all came to fruition. Car keys express showed up at the house to to code the keys. We ended up with actually three sets of keys because they brought an additional key blank. Uh, and it was handled as promised at that point in time. So. Uh, to, to be fully uh, transparent and fair to Carvana, once we got through the crappy portion of the experience, which by the way they they probably lost the number of people there, once I got past that, the experience was fairly seamless uh, and something that I could certainly tolerate.
0: Yeah, but but to this point, this was uh, an act of research and, and and for the purpose of science. Correct. It, if was, it was, done? was not <laughs> right, but if it was not.
2: Absolutely. You're out, dude. I you are so you're and you ain't out 50 days. Fuck that. You're out in 15 days. You're, you're absolutely, best. yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, to to be honest with you, about seven days into the coming soon experience, uh, I'd have, I'd have raised holy hell with a dealer, uh, if I didn't get some type of a responsive, uh, uh action on their part, and uh, and and I would have I would have walked. I would have walked. I love that in the name of science.
0: Well, that's what we're out here doing, right? That's you're 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 we're we're trying to help ourselves get better as people, right? And as an industry. I I know Sandy loves to trust the science. Well, that's that's a fact, bro. I didn't know if that was going back to the whole contactless thing or not. You guys clearly got something going on there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step in the science shit for that matter. I'm good on that one. Uh, but when we when we talk about DR Brian, from where you sit, you've talked about how it continues to grow and evolve, and, and and how people are going about it. And you're talking about that second experience. Are you are you already interacting with clients, Brian, who have done this sort of thing online before, and have 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 something to say to you about your experience versus their other experience?
1: That's another good question. So there's two pronged answer to that. So the first one is when somebody comes in for their 5k because we're just entering in our digital transformation in the service department and you know we just got through it in the rental car uh our rental car business because i i rented a car myself for a while because i keep on uh, abusing my fj cruiser and it keeps on becoming non-operational so as it's back in the shop for extended periods of time like it just had to have the radiator starter replaced because i landed on top of a, a rock and cracked it but so, as I keep renting cars, the, I had 16 pieces of paper the first time that I was doing. And I'm like, what is all this? And oh, you know, it's just standards the way I'm like, why do you need it? Where, where what do you do with this? And they're, you know, trying to get, you know, defensive. Like, oh, no, it's fine. It's not a big deal. We've got all these file folders and all. And I'm like, whoa. You know, and I'm sitting there picturing because I know my my paper bill every month is six grand, paper and ink. My shredding bill is 2500 My storage to store all this paper. Is a couple three grand. So when you sit there and you think about the cost of all of this times 12, you know, let's say it's yeah, 120 100 grand, grand a year.
0: Yeah, we got 100 right. grand of paper right. and we're losing trees day after day because you people cannot get online.
2: More so
1: I tell my losing, rental car team, I'm going to, oh yeah, City, you rented a car there.
2: Yeah, I did. I was just going to say, you're losing, you're losing customers' trust and confidence at that point as well. I did go through the process at Brian's store when we went down to visit. He was kind enough to rent a vehicle to me. And it was seamless. I got to be honest with you. It was, as a matter of fact, Brian, I, I probably should have wrote you a, a handwritten note to say, thank you. I might have, I don't know, but um, I will tell you that it was the best rental experience that I have ever had, hands down. And it,
1: it used to be, it used to suck. Let's just call it what it was. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, say how don't... much paper was in your experience?
2: I, I think I signed two documents on the um, pickup and two on the drop-off.
0: All right, Brian, you got it from 15 to four. Good job.
2: And, it,
1: and it'll be zero by January, right. uh, working on that behind the scenes, mostly because I was waiting on Chase to do the digital integration. But, here, but here's the, you know, the, the frequency of errors and all of those things. It's one of those things where it's just like, no pun intended, paper cutting you to death. I'm like, why do we do, I don't know. And nobody really ever thinks, why do we have all these pieces of paper? Then what do we do with this paper? Where does it go? And where do we store it? And is it someplace where we can access it? And is there, are they scanning it or what are we doing here? And nobody ever asked those questions. They just do it. And I told them, I'm like the Lorax, you know, I'm speaking (laughs) for the trees (laughs) and liberating. the Yes. (laughs) Of all all the paper in this this whole place, you know, it's a blue zone. So (laughs) when, If you So when the customers come in for service, they say, why do I, what is all this, right? There's a stack of this and the MPI, you know, yellow, green, red, can't you just text this to me? Well, we do, but, you know, so they're always just assuming that the customer wants it printed and the customers after going through, and they didn't know what they wanted until they, until it was there, after they buy a car paperless, they're like, why am I filling all this paperwork in the service department? Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, some of the repeats and referrals, I just had a friend of mine who was... Had been here before and he was trying to buy, he lives in South Carolina. He was trying to buy a car at his local South Carolina dealer and he called me afterward. He goes, I filled out everything online. I completed everything. I went into the dealership and they said, Okay, yeah, now who, who are you? Okay, let's do this. We're going to start the process all over again. Let's <laughs> appraise your car. He goes, I already submitted the stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to need the, he goes, I, I got to pick my wife up an hour at the airport. I just want to buy it. I goes, I already agreed to the price. I filled out my credit app. Well, here, let's print it. Let me see if I can pull it up. And 30 minutes into that, he goes, I got to go. So then he called me on the way back from the airport and he goes, Hey, you know, do you have something similar? I go, Yeah, bro, why wouldn't you call me? He goes, I just thought it would be easier to buy from my local dealer. This was Saturday. I said, Absolutely not. It's easier to buy here and I'll ship it to you. And that deal's going down. We're sending, you know, the paperwork's already done digitally. Uh cars on it, are gonna be on its way today. And it was easier for him to buy from us, and that's our goal at, at this Toyota store is to be able to transact with my friend in in South Carolina easier than the local dealer can and make it less friction than that to where he doesn't think about going anywhere else, regardless of where we are geographically.
0: Two things on that. One, dude, I even tell the grocery store to save their receipt, okay? That's how far. I don't want people printing paper on you, you know, (laughs) uselessly. I don't need your grocery receipt. I can't write it off. Just keep your receipt. I'm fine. All right, let's move on from, the, from, from that. So I, I love your paper saving. Thank you, the hippie and me. Thanks you every day for that, Brian. Um, but, but the ease of access, you see, this is why I call it remote retail, right? Because in 2005, when I was running a Subaru store in Colorado, it's how we put ourselves on the map. The owner said, how are we going to compete with guys on price? I don't want to compete with guys on price. I said, well, let's just take it to their house. And the guy I worked for was new to the car business. He was already wealthy doing other things. So he didn't have any preconceived notions. He didn't say to me, no, that's not how we do things. He was like, well, hell yeah, Sean, can you grow the market share? Let's grow the market share. And it was instantaneously. People were like, wait, what? Like in the mountains of Colorado, dude, it might be a 40 minute drive. To them, it's two days by horse and buggy. They ain't coming down. <laughs> so if so if you want to roll up though, they'll welcome you into their beautiful homes with view, you know, views of the continental divide. You can do paperwork in the most gorgeous place on earth. And that's what we started doing. And it just, it, it never, we never had to talk about price. Well, well, price, how about we do it in your living room? Well, then, yeah, whatever. I don't care about the price. And that's sort of the point, Brian, is that you. I do it now. I still send friends and do my own business with that same Subaru store because it's easy. I'll have the paperwork FedExed, right? So that's. that's I live in a state where you got to have wet paper in Wisconsin. You have to have ink on paper. It's and required. there's
1: still 32 states like that. That's right. correct. But
0: that's okay. That's, that's okay because FedEx has been around for 50 fucking years. So yeah. don't worry about it. It's not a big issue. And now, more so... When I did my mortgage online recently, a little refi action, right? All done just like this. It was me instead of Sammy. It was my mortgage gal. And instead of Brian, it was a notary. It was all done by a notary. And she's like, here you go. Please hit here. Please hit here. And I'm like, hey, can I sell a car this way? And of course, the girl's just a rep. She's like, what? We're doing a mortgage. I'm like, yeah, never mind. Give me your boss's name. I want to go ask all these questions. I want to understand. Because here it is. This 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 cures all of it. If I can do a mortgage in Wisconsin that way, damn it, I got to be close to doing a car deal that way if all it takes is a notary. Come on. That's man. what
1: uh, uh, that's what initially, and we have two notary services that are good anywhere coast to coast that we use for wedding states. Um, that way you don't get fraud. It doesn't, you know, it, it meets the manufacturer's complaint because everybody goes, oh, the manufacturer, you have to be on site. You got to get physical delivery. Yep. The notary is your physical agent. But to Correct. your point, I also just did a refi. And I did a refi with the same uh, my mortgage company is is Toyota, so they did my mortgage maybe five years ago, and they did it completely digitally, touchless, nothing, right? So then fast forward to a few months ago, and they called me up and they said, "Hey, we want to lower your interest rate seventy five basis points." Okay, what's the catch? Well, we don't want to lose you to another competitor, and we don't want somebody else calling you, so we'd rather. I mean, so you just calling to save me money, okay? So let's do this. So they ended up getting a notary. He comes in with a stack of paperwork like this and he comes in and I, I go, what is all this? I said, I've already done it He goes, that's not the way it works in Florida. I go, well, how did I do my last mortgage like that? So they used a different notary service and he keeps on going he goes, this is just required. This is there, I go, but it's not required. I can show you my other stuff. It was done. I go, anyway, I'll go through your little exercise here. But and he kept asking questions and I'm you know, ADDs catching on and I'm wandering around my house and goes where are you going you got to stay focused I go hey, just give it to my son old blank. My, my wife's gonna read it because I have no clue on any of that stuff anyway right. but it's- he kept on but when it, when they sent me the survey I gave him you know obviously all tens except for that experience and, and right. it wasn't the gentleman God bless him. It was the fact of what he was telling me the law was and it was federal regulations and it's this and it has to be done this way when I know it doesn't and I'm like, hey man, I'll do whatever you want me to do just don't tell me that because it's not true so you're losing my trust, when you start talking like that.
0: Right and that's where it is right here's the trust back to what Sandy talks about trust in the process trust in the people I. I don't trust you when you tell me something is not factual or not. And I think Brian dealers are doing the same thing. Sandy just said it, right? They're doing the same thing with the paperwork. They're doing the same thing with the story. Oh, customer. Yeah. In our state, we just can't do things digitally. It's like, well, nothing. You can't have a credit app. You can't do. I mean, like I said, this was 2004. I went to a company at the time, a website company called dealer skins for those of you who've been doing this long enough. Know the name. Yeah. And I went to them and I said, I need a secure place for a credit card. They're like, what do you need a credit card for? I said, because I got to take people's deposits, dude. The only way I get car deals done you know, remotely is to have, okay, we got a AAA secure. It's going to cost this. I'm like, fine, I don't care. And then that became a norm, right? Right. After everyone was doing that. Credit apps became secure. Guys, It's we've had the tools forever. But credit cards are
1: still like that today. I just got it handled last Thursday with Chase. And I've been working on it since that was, January. That was
2: about six weeks for you, No.
1: Yes. Oh, longer. Just longer. to get it closed. Yeah. But
2: they, Brothers, didn't, I don't wanna, they didn't even I, know. I don't want to bury something in this conversation because I think it's important to note, and Sean brought it up, and Brian, you and I have talked about this. Price becomes less of a consideration when convenience and trust are at the tippy top of the experience, okay? And it, it, so, so to your point, nobody's negotiating with Carvana,
0: right? No. I mean, there's, a, there's no one to negotiate with, and B, it, it's because it takes you through the process. It doesn't ask for you to do that. It assumes the sale from the moment you go looking at a picture all the way through to you don't get the car you bought. It doesn't (laughs) really make a difference. It's just assume, assume, assume. Correct. And and, you know, but but Sandy, let me ask you something. Is there is there any point for you when you look at your Carvana deal now that you would say to yourself, "All right, the next time I do this, I should." Have you changed your expectations? of what you should expect online? Or will you have just the same sort of expectation you did previous the next time you buy a car online? And will you buy a car online?
2: Oh, sure. I would buy a car online. I would, I would prefer to buy from clients, right? Obviously. Uh, and that, as you know, this was there was a, a method behind the madness of the Carvana deal in the first place. But the answer is yes, I would. Because what Brian was alluding to before, and, and Brian's in a really unique spot because they have process mapped this thing out to death. And they have wrung out a lot of the inefficiencies and they understand, and this is, I think, what's lost in the marketplace right now amongst our, our dealer population is Brian understands the online offline and how it goes back and forth from time to time. The number that Brian shared with me in terms of the pure online end-to-end digital retail transactions that they executed uh, between January and when I was in there, I think in April or May, Brian, Yep. It's it staggered me because it was- It's it 5%. Was, yeah, it was well below what I thought the answer was going to be, especially based on what I had seen in terms of the process maps that they had put together. So my answer is yes, I would do it online because I want to see this continually get better. But dealers need to close the gaps and pay attention to it the way that Brian and his team have. And really, I think Rob Ruth is a great example as well up in PA, somebody that that's really looking at the opportunity to um, – Blur the line between traditional and digital retailing, if you will. I think it's the same damn thing. We just have to figure out the processes effectively.
0: I agree with that. And I think that it's interesting, Brian, because you're at 5%, right? That's the number you said. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the big number. But to your point of, of evolution, right? Uh, a year ago, that number was one or two and a half, right? So in, in, in 12, 15, 18 months, it has doubled. I get it. I get it. It didn't go from uh, 80 to 90. Okay, okay. but Two to five is still a doubling. I would take that of my portfolio if it did that tomorrow. I would take a doubling no matter what. And so it's doubling. I don't care the the number's not that big. It proves- But here's right. the
1: more powerful number. The more powerful number is 93%, because that's the percentage of the customers that interacted with one aspect of the online digital retail process Correct. that Sandy saw when he was down here on the workflow. 93% interact with one or two of those elements, credit app, the friction points, right? Selection, uh, credit app, a trade appraisal, F&I uh, interview, and then F&I presentation, and then actual paperwork products. It doesn't matter where they start, but as soon as I, I can provide something that my the competitor can't provide or the dealer in, North, in South Carolina can't provide, and when I can do something they can't, I have a competitive advantage. That's not about price.
0: Right. Correct, and, and you've always said that. You're the you, last time I had you on the show. Which, by the way, Brian, I think you're like one of the first repeat guests we've ever had, and this is going to be show like 191, so 192. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. But there no, we go. So when we first talked, dude, okay. um, you had talked about your sales, your marketing, no longer had anything to do about payments, price, lease options. It was beaches it was jet skis boats come by wherever whenever has that changed brian or is that still continuing the message and will you continue with that if it is still there
1: so it has continued and the and the beaches and the jet why would you want to be at a toyota dealership all day when you could be at the beach it's a mile that way and what we're in production on right now which is going to be very cool and i'm going to be releasing it next month is we're going to pull the curtain back And we're going to put our process, not just for our salespeople, but our process. We're going to walk everybody through it on TV so that the customer can experience step by step exactly what it's going to be. And there's no internal process, external process. We're just putting it on front street. And this is what you can expect. And this is how it rolls.
2: Brian? You want to talk about the ultimate in transparency and then accountability on the team side. You marry those two pieces together, you're off to the races. Yeah, I mean, if you're going
0: to... If you're going to come up with 30-second spots for the TV where you're going to show people some sort of dynamic process of, of online, you know, we've been, t- we've been telling clients now for two, three years about digital retail or trading tools. If you're going to have an ad, you want to push somebody, show the CX of your tool in the ad. Don't bother showing them, uh, you know, a mindless mountain with nothing and say, come trade your current." No, show them. Go to valleysubaru.com. Click on the trade icon from Carfax. Take yourself through. And again, these vendors, in some cases, they're going to give you their asset use. Carfax is like, you want to do what? Here you go. Have everything. And now Carfax is coming to us saying, well, what? can you just produce videos for all of our clients this way? It's like, well, are you serious? You guys do this yourselves. It's your CX. But the point was is they didn't realize that people were utilizing parts that way. So Sandy, I know you want to add on to Brian's point here. What yeah, else you got? There's
2: two things, Johnny. There's two things. First of all, I love the simplicity of what Brian's doing from a marketing perspective. Tell them what we're going to do, do it, and then remind them what you've done. I mean, that's it. And if you can execute across the board on all three of those steps, you're not only going to have repeat buyers and referral uh, clients coming through the door, you're going to have a level of advocacy in the marketplace where people are going to laugh when you buy a vehicle other than at germain in naples you follow why would you go anyplace else because they deliver the kind of experience that nobody else is uh delivering the second point i want to make is and brian and i have talked about this um the market share grab that carvana is executing right now is is going to be staggering staggering. right did you use the word staggering too brian i did yeah oh i just said it like you were staggering in stereo so I just just, (laughs) market share is
0: staggering
2: it's the truth because what's happening right now in a market where profits are at record level but the volume of transactions is actually on the decline because of availability issues uh carvana's market share is climbing brian talked about it from the acquisition side that's a big key to their success right now but just think about this for a second if you look at at uh uh 2020 statistically speaking they had just shy of like two percent uh, 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 excuse me, just shy of two percent of the market uh, on the used car side. Excuse me, pardon me, just shy of two tenths of a percent on the on the um, used car market side. You're talking about 45 million cars on average annually that are sold pre-owned, right? And and they're just getting a, a 288,000 of the 45 45 million. Pardon me, 45 million. So the point is, there is such huge upside opportunity. Not just for franchise new car dealers. Think about the big independent players
0: that are out there in the
2: marketplace. We haven't even talked about them.
0: We we've got a we've got a group down in North Carolina, Matthews Motor. Shout out to my more, my boy Marty Valdejuli. They are competing with Carvana, CarMax, right in that that huge spot. And what is he doing? He's doing digital retail, deliver anywhere. He's got bought in. I mean, it's a family business. The daughter now runs the company. Dad timely passed away a couple of years ago, and she's taken over. And she's just. But all they're they're great on social. Brian's great on social. They're they're connecting with their communities. It's Sandy, you know this better than most people. It's more than just how you can retail a car. People want to buy from people they want to do business with. And I use the same example. Before I was a car guy, I was a suit kid. I worked for the men's warehouse. The absolute best training I could ever have in my life, okay? The company gets rid of the CEO. They no longer can guarantee it. They lose their identity. And now they're bankrupt. No one even knows who the hell they are. That's right fact. that's, that's fact. how quickly brian i'm sorry man i didn't realize I didn't, I didn't realize brian loved george so much i didn't know i didn't know you're a big george zimmer fan bro i wasn't trying to get you to leave i got the guy in my cell phone i'm sorry <laughs> i'm
2: so happy <laughs> you brought up george zimmer and because yeah. that has been something i've looked at uh over the course of the last six or seven years because i would actually take my son to men's warehouse to buy his suits uh because we weren't spending money <laughs> uh, you know high-end suits for him at yeah. the age of you know 14 15 16 but my point is I watched the actual deterioration of the customer experience as a result of Joseph A. Banks buying them out. Yep. And you're absolutely right. Exactly. Because it was all about experience.
0: He, he would always say the word guarantee, and every time you talked to him, he'd say, you better make me look like I'm smart, not a fool. And so you better do what I'm telling you to do. And it was a process across a thousand stores across the United States. They all ran basically within reason yeah. the same. So yeah. guys, You can buy a suit anywhere you want,
1: just like you can buy a to- or any a, any car anywhere you want. But I can tell you this: having been a few years into this now, I used to always be. Oh, what are these guys doing? They're oh, they're at two ninety nine a month. Let's do two seventy nine a month. We yeah. can beat that. We can do this less money down. I'll you know oh, you're gonna do two grand over KBB. I'm doing four grand, and then this guy goes oh, four grand, six grand. That's what we're gonna do. And I can tell you multiple stories about that now with the with the Nissan stores doing original MSRP. But you know what they can't do, and I can get into this price battle back and forth with them, but they can't put a commercial about their process on television because they're not going to be able to deliver on it. They're not going to be able to execute on it. And that's that's a, a brand value or that's a competitive advantage that they can't just decide that they want to advertise that. There's so much more that goes into it. You can't just say, okay, you're going to do that. I guess, do we want to take the financial hit and let's grab market share and let's just, you know, pull our pants down and and do that and not, not fix it from the inside out. We're just going to put some more, you know, Bondo on the outside of it.
0: Yeah, Best, Buy, Best Buy tried it, Brian, when they were like, Apple stores, please. We'll just put a big, huge area in the middle of our store with with everything on there. It'll be fine. No, it won't be. Your people aren't trained the same way the Apple store people are trained. You don't have the ability to check me out where we stand. You don't have the ability to do the things I need you to do. So, uh, dude, I completely agree. Gentlemen, I, I've looked at the clock. I've taken up way too much of your time. Um, this has been this has been cooler than I think I could have even thought it would be. And I want to thank both of you for being on. Sandy, is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with before we sign off here on this beautiful day? I'm just going to dovetail
2: something Brian just said before, and it was uh, it might have been glossed over, is that he's looking at the digital retailing impact on the service and parts side of his business. I think it's brilliant. It's one of the reasons why uh, I'm the captain of the Brian Kramer fan club. Um, and Brian, BK, we need to talk <laughs> offline. because And likewise. Something. No, thank you, buddy. I I want to share something with you. I think uh, you should consider it in that end, but that's the next frontier. We got to conquer this one on the front end of the store and then simultaneously start looking at the back end because I'll tell you right now, guys, if you're not looking at the back end of your dealership right now, you are in for some pain in the next two to three years. So
0: I would agree with that. I think, look, I wish these tools were around when I was a GM. I think my owner uh, tallied up the fines OSHA would have sent me from walking customers back into the shop, but I didn't care customers said, I don't need brakes. I said, my mechanic says you need brakes. I'm going to walk you back. I'm going to show you your car. And every time an owner just sits there like Sean, God, if something happens, you know, and it's like, I don't care. I, I want to make it transparent. So use your video, use your honesty, be open with people about who you are. Brian, leave us with something wonderful awesome. as I know you will.
1: No, I say, just keep it simple. It's very easy to make things complicated. And on a side note, it, it, uh, I, I've enjoyed this conversation because I love, you know, just, just brainstorm and spitball with like-minded people. But it's so easy to make things complicated. Once you get the process down, I look at it like a big clay sculpture. It's then the leader's job to remove roadblocks for the associates because if you wanna make it good for the customers, you make it good for your associates. And if you want to execute digital retail, make it easier than the way they're currently doing it. Remove friction, remove roadblocks for the way that they do business. And if you don't have everything iframed into one place, so they have to log into this thing and have 25 tabs across their desktop, you gotta, you, you gotta make it streamlined. And if, if you want to execute this, work your ass off to make it easier for your managers and your, your sales staff and service like Sandy said, which is a much, much more giant potential than even the variable side. And that's how you execute digital retails. You focus on making it easier for your people and they'll make it easier for your customers.
0: Wow. See, I knew you'd leave us with the gem I needed you to. Thank you so much, folks. Uh, if you haven't been listening, lucky for you, you can find this back anytime you'd like. So go replay it and share it with your friends. Brian and Sandy, thank you so much for joining me. You can find these two all over LinkedIn. I'm sure they're on other social media platforms, but that is where I get to consume these two in all their glory. So that's where I go for it. As always, have yourselves a wonderful week and we'll see you again next week. Thanks a lot.